This is a Pivotal Conversations podcast. We've been told that that's what being an entrepreneur is like. You know, it's meant to be hard. It's meant to be a grind 24-7. But in reality, you, you, being an entrepreneur is about setting up systems and processes that it will allow your business to grow without you. All right, couch sessions. Couch sessions. Couch sessions. Couch sessions. It's one of those days. Yeah, one of those days. Four coffees in, still struggling. God, it's been a long ass week. Couch sessions is our version of just chats. Friday Arvos, having a conversation, talking anything relevant, something we've seen, some things that we've noticed. Um, a little bit different for us more than anything, I think. I think that's the, the thing is I'm enjoying about it. It's it's kind of stepping out of the bubble of business, investing, and more just talking about absolutely anything that um, I've seen and, and that interests us. Um, so the first thing I wanted to bring up, um, what's your take on vaccines? Uh, controversial topic at the moment with Very. everything that's going on with AZ, isn't it? Um, I actually put myself down on the wait list yesterday because I just figure something I just want to get over and done with uh, and then if we're able to travel sometime soon I'm all for it it's really interesting right like we were having this conversation at the dinner table Wednesday night um, with like my, my partner's family um, and and everybody's it's like split it's like it's it kind of reminds me of bitcoin the bitcoin conversation around the family table like months and months ago but um, I just think it's such an interesting topic like you know I'm I'm in this weird state where I'm like, if I like, if I if it if I'm gonna need it to do things, I'll get it. But until like Australia at well like 20 cases, for yeah. me isn't like in my head. I'm like, mm, like I, I don't think we need it here yet. Um, but I mean, I know that they're they're looking at legislation at the moment where you know you, if you've got the vaccine, you don't ever have to go into lockdown, um, and you can travel and and these kind of. Th- Things. I saw an article before this, uh, literally like 20 minutes ago, that said um, some employers are going to potentially not hire you if you don't have the vaccine. Mm. So it looks like yeah, people are getting on board. It's more preventative though. Yeah, you I know. mean, so I, I mean, I come from the health industry, right? So, so yeah. like, I, I've got a lot of people that I follow that are in the health industry, and vaccines is such a controversial topic in that. Um, Do you it, get the flu shot? No. Nah. No, me neither. But only because I'm lazy. Oh, really? Yeah, like I'm not, you know. Uh, well, I, I don't know about you, but I don't ever get sick. So it's not one of those things that I, I consciously want to go and get because I feel like it wouldn't make a difference to me, which is probably a naive thing to think. Yeah, I think it, this is the interesting dichotomy with vaccines, right? It's like there's the argument of the, it's like the selfish argument where it's like I'm young, it's not going to harm me, who gives a fuck? And then there's like the other side to it where it's like, yeah, but you could also get sick and then someone else might get sick who it may, it may actually harm or, or, you know, potentially kill them. And I think that's, that's the, the, the hard dichotomy with this. Cause like, you know, I find myself at times going, yeah, like I'm probably not going to get it, but just because I don't think I need it, like 20 cases in Australia, if, if Australia went to like, I don't know three you know not but probably like 
500 to 1,000 cases, like anything up around that mark, I would probably start to look at it. Like if we were in deep water, like the UK and the US, I reckon I would probably get it. Um, but we're not there, you know, and, and we're not we're not even anywhere close. It is that argument though of like you wanting to protect the people around you, you know. So if you, you visit your, your nan or your grandfather or whatever, you're, pr- you're helping to, to protect them. And I suppose that's what but, what it's all about. Yeah, but, but pr- protect them from what, right? Like, yeah, there's well, nothing yeah. to really to protect them from at the moment. Like, you know, we've got 30 cases in Australia, or mm. like, you know, maybe a little bit more, a little bit less. But that's I think that's the thing that people struggle with. Yeah. But I mean, in America and UK, it's a different story. Like, if I was living there, I'd probably have it by now. Because but you and I like to travel, so it's one of those things that if it means that we're able to go and travel, then that's what we're going to get it for mostly. You know, and so that's why I put myself on the wait list because as soon as we're able to travel, um, I'd like to be able to get on the plane. Yeah. Like, I'm looking at going over to New Zealand um, and I'm not going to be able to do that unless I'm vaccinated, so... Yeah, 100%. And I think um, when it gets to that point, I will. um, I'll probably look at it too, you Mm. know, because I do want to travel. What about the aspect of this being a new technology and... Uh, like you don't really know the long-term benefits or side effects of what what's going into your body. Yeah, it, that and, and this is kind of the I guess the the other side of it, which I was saying. Like you know, I've got a, I come from the health and fitness industry, right? So I've got a, like a lot of really smart people as it relates to health. You know, some people are for, some people are against. But um, the stats are. I mean, when you put the stats up, it's pretty alarming. I think. Like I think, you know, the AstraZeneca. And, and all the stuff that's happening with that, you know. Um, I seen someone put up a stat the other day. I don't know if it's true, so I'm not going to, um, you know, don't take my word on it. But I think it's like, you know, um, related deaths in Australia. Um, mm-hmm. And we've had more deaths from the vaccine than we have from actual COVID. From COVID, yeah. Which is, it's scary, you yeah. know. And I think... Uh, How are they dying? I don't know. Oh, so I know, I mean, look, I think... I think um, is it these blood clots? Is that what it is? I'm not 100% sure, um, but let me... And do they have underlying um, health issues as well? Yeah. I, I would assume so. Like, I would assume that it's... Like a but lot I guess of a lot of it, there's... Um, like, we could have something that we don't know about as well, you know? So, like, we put this um, vaccine into our system and not knowing that we've got something wrong with us and then this is potentially where where we're getting caught out. I think the whole thing with it is... You know, like the the chances of dying or something happening are so minimal, but there's still chances, and I think that's the that's the argument. You know, like are you willing to risk that? And that's a personal question that you know nobody's ever going to be able to force that to you. They'll mm. be able to incentivize it like they are, but I think the biggest thing with vaccines is, um, or the biggest kind of question that everybody has is like, is it you know is that is that okay? Is mm. that morally? sound you mm. know yeah and and are we okay with that as society you know so you know could and, and it's it's a, such a hard question because you're asking yourself we could save all these lives but is it you know what about the the you know what about the 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 0.003 who actually die or, mm. or who have these actual side effects mm. um I, I don't know enough about it um i don't i mean you know know enough about the science and these kind of things so i i for me, on a personal level, it's like, you know, I don't feel the need to do it yet um, uh, just because, you know, I'm, I'm probably not willing to take that risk 
if there's no massive upside to it. You know, that's that's how my mind thinks about it. Yeah, well, it. that's it. Yeah, it's you know? a yeah. There's you know, you've got to weigh up the benefit and the risk of of whether you get it or not. I think the and you know, I, I mean, like the whole like I think people get so far down the rabbit hole like of the conspiracy theories, like you know. They're trying to control us and yeah, all that. Like, yeah. that's the stupidest shit in the world. Yeah. Like, you know, I mean, I kind of, I, I, I can understand how it gets to that point and how, like, you know, there's, there's some people that hate the government. Like, mm. you know, the government could put a million dollars in their bank account and they would probably still fucking hate the government and say <laughs> that the government's trying to control them. You yeah, know? yeah. Yeah, it's like, you know, fucking. Um, they spend too much time on Facebook in those, like, little um, subreddits. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it, it's such an interesting time in the world it's it's crazy to think that we've been in covid now for you know nearly two years like a oh, year and a half time you know, flies like when you're having 18 fun months. <laughs> it's crazy yeah it's crazy um it's exciting though like the technology that they've used in order to create these vaccines um vaccines usually take years and years to develop and yet they were able to come up with one after what was it like less than a year almost so I'm excited from that point of view, um, being invested in the the whole CRISPR space and gene editing and all that sort of thing. Um, not to mention I made a pretty penny off Moderna, which is quite nice. Um, but I find it interesting from that point of view, um, the fact that we're able to expand our healthcare and, and everything through these technologies. And because of COVID, they um, pumped a lot of money, obviously, into these fields, into the research and they've come up with a vaccine as quick as they have. Um, like, where's this going to lead us in terms of curing diseases? Um, do you think it will, though? Do you think that's where it'll go? Yeah, I do, 100%. Because, like, you know, the incentives there, you know, the in- are the incentives... Like, you know, the reality is what, like, a lot of these diseases that we've had have been around for years. Mm-hmm. You know, because this one is fresh the incentives are there for scientists to actually, or, you know, these companies to actually invest their human resources there. But, like, you know, fucking cancer's been there for years. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like, like so so, so why now? Like, why, why do we think that the continuation of this acceleration of technology is going to drive people to want to fix these things? Because, cause, you know, I understand COVID and I understand why the money's being invested because we have a problem that's so relevant now and... And it's so in front of everyone, it's stopping everyone from living their lives. But, you know, I almost think it's, a, I, I don't know, I, I got a bit of a different opinion. I think it's almost a little bit naive to think that just because we've seen an acceleration in technology for a problem that we have, that that'll filter into some of the, I, I mean, I think... But you're able to extrapolate that data and then use that across uh, different um, viruses. 100% you are, you can. Yeah. Whether they will or not, is that's the... They the, will, if there's money attached to it they will that's what i'm saying though like i you know will there be that kind of money i think the gene editing is is that definitely but yeah i don't know i just I, and and i i kind of think that the carrot's been there for years do you know what i mean yeah but I, the technology hasn't been there mm. <laughs> um yeah the technology is improving to the point where we're able to um, there's a reason, like AI's been around for decades, but it's only starting to gain relevance now because the technology is caught up. So that's where, um, that's why I'm excited about this whole biotech scene, mm. um, because we're at a point now where we can actually extrapolate that data and use it in ways that will actually help to benefit society. Mm. It's an interesting space. 
So lockdowns. Where? What's your take on lockdowns then? So Again, it's the whole preventative measure of, um, yeah, looking after those who are vulnerable, isn't it? You know, because obviously now with the Delta strain, it's um, highly more, um, highly more, what's the word? Um, highly more contagious. And so obviously the more people who get it, the more they come in contact with people who are susceptible to it. And then that's where we lead to these issues. So... I mean, I guess it's proven to have worked here in Australia, but now it's at the point where you get one or two cases and they automatically put you into a lockdown. And I just think the toll on, on people's mental state, as well as obviously on the economy as well, it's starting to have some real serious ramifications. And so I don't actually know what they can do in order to, I guess, get us back to a somewhat normal life where we don't have to go back into these snap lockdowns, you know? I guess that's where the vaccination comes into it. The more people who get vaccinated, we probably won't have to. But until that point, what what choice do they have? Yeah, I think that's the the hardest thing with this. This is that this is that full circle that we're talking about right now. You know, like I was having this conversation at the dinner table the other night, and it's yeah. like, well, you know, the reality is these micro lockdowns are working. Well, that's yeah, it. There like, they are. I'd much rather be in a lockdown for two weeks than I would for three months, you mm. know, because we've experienced that here in Melbourne. Yeah. And it's like, you know, I think everyone can uh, can say that they would much rather be in a, in a minor lockdown than they would mm-hmm. to be in a major. Now, the other side of it is small business gets absolutely hammered here. Yeah. And, and I feel for small business owners out there, I really do. Um, and part of me, the, the reason I think these minor lockdowns are good is purely because of that, mm. right? It's because we don't want to go into the major lockdowns. So, you know, are we willing to go through these minor lockdowns to, to actually allow that to ha- to make sure that we don't go into the major ones. Yeah. Well, I I guess from my point of view, yes, I'd much rather a shorter one, obviously. Um, Having gone through the long ones last year that we went through, they're tough, aren't they? Um, And the fact that the whole city is locked down for such a long period of time, it's not good for anybody. But, I mean, again, it's the preventative measure. Mm. We're protecting those who are vulnerable most. Um, And It's hard being a young person to sort of have to deal with that, you know, have to come to the conclusion that we're doing this for the, like, betterment of somebody else. We're having to do this um, for unselfish reasons. And a lot of, like, a lot of our actions are for selfish reasons, you know. Um, uh, yeah, it's a weird, weird one. It's hard. Uh, because you... Like you said, right? Like, uh, it is such a dichotomy of wanting to do the right thing for your country, wanting to do the right thing for the people around you, such as the elderly. You know, can we put a price on their life? Mm. Like, you know, there's, there's two sides to this. There's a side where you go, well, this virus is just killing off people. Mm-hmm. And that's what it's designed to do. Yep. You know, like nature is the smartest thing in the world. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's a beast and it will always do what is needed in order to keep and su- to keep the world going to survive yeah. and you know that's the reality of it right so it's it's doing that and i think the part of me that goes you know this virus is 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 going to kill off people we can minimize that do is that our you know should is that our um is that our responsibility here um, and I and I just think that I don't know, like for part of me, and, and I think about it, and I'm like, look, 
you know, that's that's the, the, the discussion we're having right now. You know, you've got anti-vaxxers who don't want to get vaccinated, who are t- totally against it, but they're also the same people that are totally against lockdowns. Yeah. And it's like, you know, so so what are we saying here that we're just, we're, you know, whether some, you know, whether someone's overweight, old, are we willing to just let those people die, right? And that's that's the moral question mm. here because if you're against lockdowns and you're against vaccines, there's no like I don't I don't get it. That means you're you're pro these people dying. Yeah, um, it's very selfish. It's a very selfish way of thinking, you know. And so that's probably why like majority of us do need to go and get vaccinated, you know, because then it means that we could resemble a normal life, hopefully. Yeah, and it's hard because, and that's the that's the thing that I struggle with is like you know I don't really want to get vaccinated. Yeah, but then then the other side of me goes, well, what do you want? You know, do you want lockdowns? Yeah, and the reality is, is I, like we're all at the point where we just want to get on with our lives, and it's it's hard. Like you look over at the US and and what's happened over there, they just let it let it run through society, and now they've they've kind of got the herd immunity, and they're going about their everyday life. Vegas pool parties. Yeah, everything. yeah, exactly. They're pretty much living life normally. They're able to travel and... I'm, I'm on the fence. Um, and I, I, I'm personally not going to go and take that step until I feel the need to, um, which is either going to be for selfish reasons where it's like, you know, I want to travel, you know, um, or, you know, I can't do things in life that I want to do. Um, or if it gets bad here, mm. you know, like if it gets to a point where I feel like I'm going to be putting others in danger... Um, I'll probably go and do it, you know. Um, that's that's just my my way of thinking. Yeah, yeah. I've, oh, as I said, I've already put myself on the wait list. So as soon as I'm in the clear, I'll be going to get it straight away. Some really cool stats here, actually, that I'm looking at um, of how many, like the the percentage of the population of countries that have actually been vaccinated. So the UK is at sixty six percent. First dose or. First at least second. one shot, at least one shot. Um, the US is at 54%. Um, it's really interesting, you know, you like, and you think about this, and, and I guess this is the, 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 the very harsh side of um, this whole scenario that, you know, in a state of the, where the world is on its knees, a country like Kenya has only had 2%. Oh really? And wow. that's that for me is the sad thing about all this because, and again, this is why I I keep coming back to Bitcoin, right? And and the blockchain technology, it is just so important because of that. Mm-hmm. You know, Kenya two percent. How are countries like that meant to, like like you know this is probably when it matters most the 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 wealth inequality gap is just so big mm-hmm. um it's an economic um factor you know and that's why bitcoin is so important right it's that bitcoin and and blockchain technology has the ability for these for these countries to start to close that that wealth equality gap inequality gap sorry and that wealth inequality gap has only been created obviously through these these powers to be um, but you know, the, we've seen El Salvador. We're now seeing Paraguay. These these countries are now starting to make it legal tender. It's uh, probably going to take decades, though, for there to be real change, though. Um, of course, yeah. but but you know that's fine. You mm-hmm. know, like because the reality is, is the Spanish flu, 
was what 70 years ago mm-hmm. so hopefully in 70 years time you know because think about how many like I, I, I don't even want to let's let's get this up right so two percent vaccinations two percent vaccinations and Kenya has had <laughs> this is fucking pretty full-on Kenya has had 183 million cases. Wow. Uh, and three point... Um, no, sorry, that's wrong. 185,000 cases, 3,640 deaths, which actually is not too bad. No. No. Um, that's not too bad. I, I, I thought that would be worse. Well, when you said 185... Yeah, that, that's, sorry, that's the world. Okay. Yep. That's the world cases. Uh-huh. Um, okay, so let's look at another country now. Let's let's start to change this around. Okay, so India, right? India's had twenty percent um, vaccinated, but they've had four hundred thousand deaths. Mm. So, you know, it's crazy to think, right? That that I think that's going to be the biggest thing that we see at the end of this is that you know the countries who do get vaccinated. Um, at the greatest rate are obviously going to be the richest countries, which makes sense. But I think, again, the point is, is that I th- I really truly believe that this is what blockchain technology can do because the reality, like these countries were never going to catch up. Like, you know, I- unless there was change and then there's technology to change that wealth gap, they're never like, you know, like, like these, these South American countries that they're never going to close that gap. Because there's no business moat, right? Like there's no, yeah. like you think about it, if you're playing in the same, like the, the world currency, which is the US dollar, that literally dictates other economies, right? That's that's the, the world currency. So it's like, if you're America, like, you know, maybe country like China, right? Who, But, but again, it, that's totally a different ball game to some of these other countries. Like, ha, like America almost have a moat around them. Well, they've also got the advantage of technology, which also, as we know, grows exponentially. And so as that technology is exponentially growing, um, things like um, food and um, healthcare and all those sort of things that do keep us alive for longer, um, keep us healthier and all those sort of things, um, the advantage is always going to be there for your developed nations. Um, Whereas, yeah, you're right. Um, those sort of countries, they don't have those resources. They don't have the means to ha- get those resources. Um, and so that's where the, the struggle is always going to be. Mm. Yeah. So, I mean, it, you know, when you think of Bitcoin as an investment, you see it in one light. But I think the biggest thing for me is when I see, when you see things like that, right, where, you, you know, we're in a, a global pandemic and, Obviously, countries like the one we live in, um, America, the UK, like they, they're just going to have so much more opportunity when it comes to these kind of things. Um, when I, you know, when it comes to you know getting vaccinated and so on. So I think long term, this is again why you know blockchain technology and Bitcoin can play such a, a, an amazing role in in some, especially for some of these um, lower demographic countries. Yeah, it's important to obviously spread that wealth uh, and try to bridge that gap. But it's something that you just sort of see uh, in a long-term debt cycle. Um, 
yeah, the, the wealth accumulates as it does and then something happens which sort of allows it to uh, even out again. But then the way that society is sort of set up at the moment, it'll just continue to just go in these cycles mm. and do the same thing. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Mm. All right, so the, the next thing that I seen that was pretty cool was Katy Perry. Um, she, and I think this is this is kind of quite cool, we've talked about this before, but... Katy Perry has signed with a company called Beta, uh, Theta Labs, right, to bring out uh, her own NFTs. Um, and the whole kind of notion around it or the strategy um, is that will, she's bringing it out for her fans, um, which will it, – it's, it's through a blockchain uh, video streaming platform. So, you know, there's a lot of artists out there at the moment doing that so that what this allows them to do is, you know, to not go through management agencies or, or go through um, production studios and these kind of things where, you know, those studios are taking quite a large percent. Um, you know, this, um, she'll create an NFT um, and basically what that NFT will be is um, someone will be able to buy the rights to that, that token. Um, Has she partnered with those guys or are they taking a clip? She's partnered with them. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So... I think it's, but I think it's interesting, right? Because it's like, I mean, what I'm seeing in in the the media space is it's almost like that direct link to your fans, where your fans can have access to um, things that they normally wouldn't have access to. Um, you know, um, where you know usually you just they would pay you with attention, right? So so you know they're either listening to your song and then you know the wealth is getting accrued by other people, mm-hmm. whereas you know they haven't put what kind of strategy she's using yet, but um you know, basically within that NFT, um, they would own rights to, uh, you know, it could be a, a particular song or so on. Um, it could be access to something. It could or is be it more of a community-based token? Or is it, uh, is it an NFT? It's going to be a series of NFTs. Okay. So uh, my the way I look at it, it I don't think it's going to be a community token. Okay. Um, I think it's like, you know, someone can own the rights to that artwork. Mm-hmm. Um now, whether or not she codes something into that or, or so on, I'm not too sure. So I don't know if there's going to be some added benefits or layers added on top. But yeah, it's interesting because I think that's, you know, we, we talk about Square, right? And Square investing in, uh, sorry, perch, uh, um, buying out, um, what's it called? Title. Title. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that at the time was like, what, what's, it, what, what's going on here, you know? And it's kind of like Jack Dorsey, once again, you know, gangster move ahead of his time kind of you know getting in early and everyone's like eh. I remember when it first happened everyone's like doesn't really make sense but hey we'll back we'll back Jack in but I think that you know if you're getting into the crypto space you know everybody's got their it's almost like everybody's got their goggles on right and it's like laser focused like Bitcoin 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 um, and Square buying title. I, I reckon there's a huge play here with NFTs or, or you know something to do with that yeah, potentially. It, so the reason they bought it initially, and this could be a, a second order sort of play that they're thinking about, but the in, initial reason why they bought it is because Tidal uh, and Cash App uh, can be intertwined because a lot of their demographic is the African-American community in the US. Um, and so, yeah, they're trying to expand um, Cash App via Tidal because uh, Tidal's got 
40 million users or something like that. So they want to try and to um, bring those sort of people on board. So in a sense, it's a marketing play, but then they also want a Jay-Z on the board. And it was an easy way to do it. Um, this is just a second order thing that they could probably think uh, to include is these NFTs. Yeah, I mean, it'd be interesting to see if it happens because I know Tidal was all about putting the power to the to the um, to the artist to the artist. Yeah. So you know, if you, like, it, it just makes sense, right? You kind of you kind of look at what does blockchain do? Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? And Square's got the power to do it. Mm. Um, I think there's a reason they they they're buying Bitcoin. I think you know, um, it's obviously on the balance sheet, but I think you know the fact that they might want to keep buying means that in the future they might want to be able to have power to to trade or, or whatever. Um, well, Jack, I know he's uh, innovating in this space and trying to incorporate as many features as he possibly can. So he's definitely one to watch in this in this area for sure. 100%. So I think it's, I think it's so interesting and I think the media space over the next couple, you know, the, the next couple of years is going to be super interesting to see, you know, because a lot of artists are doing it. You know, they, they've, they've said on here that, um, you know, uh, what... Um, this same company has uh, been the company that has live streamed all the launches of Elon's SpaceX uh, oh, yeah. launches. Yeah. So you know it's interesting to see them innovate as a company. They're called um, Theta Labs, um, but you know it's it, it's they're not just trying to go for crypto enthusiasts. You know what I mean? They're, mm. they're trying to go for media enthusiasts and, mm. and see how they can transform it in that way. I'm not sure. Like, I'm starting to think that NFTs isn't the the thing that we're going to get out of this, but it's going to be more the community and the social tokens. I think they're going to be the, the real winner here, not owning your little digital art piece or anything like that, but I think being able to build out a community and then try to find a way to monetize that and add as much value as you possibly can from these um, community tokens. I think that's where uh, there's going to be a real shift in narrative and there's going to be a lot of um, a lot of financial reward uh, and it'll build out uh, people's communities, uh, allowing them to, to be more engaged and, as you said, cut out the middleman, cut out your Instagrams and your YouTubes and that sort of thing and... I'm really, really interested to watch that space. Yeah, the the community tokens are going to be huge. Like in the future, yeah. once once people get under, like once we get a good understanding of, I guess the right way to do it. You know what yeah, I mean? Because we don't know it that. It still yet. needs to mature. It's still such an early, early scene. Um, and obviously, there's people out there trying them now. But what we see at the moment, I think, is probably not going to be the solution. Uh, we're probably still a good, I don't know, three, four, five years away until we, we sort of get an idea of what it's actually going to entail. Mm. Because I guess the whole thing with NFTs that aren't community tokens is the fact that they can't, like it's, you, you obviously own the authentic rights to it and, and that digital code can't be copied in a sense. Yeah. Um, so, you know, so I, I think it's interesting to see, you know, like, I mean, the community tokens would be great, but even in the media space, it's like you could cre- you could NFT a song, you know, um, and, and then release that song not through a production company or anything like that but more so you know straight to the public um which means that that you know the the end user will get the value because they're now they might might now own rights to you know a particular song or you know however they're gonna there'll be kickbacks for sure though to the artist royalties yeah so you can add royalties into these nfts so as it gets on sold yeah 
you know. But you, do you not you can, feel like NFTs is just hype based? Well, I think it's no, no, no so and it's just a fad. Uh, you know what? I, I I think it is around artwork. I th- I mean, it's I, very niche. Like I know baseball cards has been a hot topic for the last twenty odd years or whatever. But it's so niche. It's not something that we talk about all the time. You know, and I feel like NFTs are just going to be very niche thing as well. They're going to play to a certain type of person, but then that's it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, so I look at it in two ways. I look at it like some of the NFTs that are going around now that are selling for big bucks, I don't think will be like like the, like the Pokemon cards. Like there's a five-year, 10-year window where they're, they're really expensive. And they're really valuable, um, but then outside of that, you know, Don't, a new thing will come along, and then they'll become irrelevant again. Hundred percent. But I think it's different with artists, right? I think mm. an, for an artist or, or someone who produces some type of artwork um, outside of um, outside of actual, you know, art, you know, so someone who sings a song, someone you know of that nature, you know, I think that's the only thing that can come to mind right now, but you know someone who does that like you know they are relevant in that time um and i think it's not a fad with them because really all it is is the same thing except they're being able to capture the most of that value it's something it's a weird one for them to sort of balance though at the moment because obviously there's traditional uh radio and and media sort of avenues like that then you've got your streaming giants uh, and now they're sort of building out these community tokens. So they need to obviously try to balance out because they need to, in my opinion, they still need to um, produce for the mass market. Um, I feel like these um, NFTs and that sort of thing, they're just doing that for the like through and through fan, you know? Whereas like you and I might still listen to Katy Perry when they come up on the radio or whatever. But I like personally, I'm not listening to Katy Perry every day. So I still think it's very niche. Um, but it's interesting for sure. Mm. What's that space? Absolutely. So one of the things that has caught my attention this way you call like I've been thinking about is like the burden of success. Um and, and kinda like, you know, the chase in a sense, like the the I guess how it can make you feel at times you know how tough it can be um of or not 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 necessarily how tough it can be but more so like how do how to manage that i think is is really an interesting topic right so so you can chase something so much that you're never you, you know you're never um satisfied in a sense, right? And 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 then the, how that can become the weight on your shoulders. And and then the other side of it is is like doing it for the love of doing it, right? So so you know, um and and then being grateful for the positions that you're in, which is it's interesting. Like I think like cuz I, I I can honestly say that I feel both at mm-hmm. times. Like there's times where I burn myself out purely from just you know, wanting to do crazy things. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And wanting to do things and be, you know, uh, so above average all the time that it ends up just weighing me down massively. And then there's other times where I feel amazing um, and I'm so grateful for the opportunities that I have and, I, and I'm doing things purely because I love them and I'm passionate about them. Um, and, and when you're doing those they, and, and these things really excite you and you do them for no other reason than doing them rather than trying to um, 
or surrendering your happiness to some future time. Because mm-hmm. I think that's something that, you know, not only because I get to deal with a lot of people and, and I see it a lot where they just, you know, this, it's like, it's interesting to me because it's like I, I, I can actually feel within myself that there's times when things are so easy and, and, and they don't feel hard at all. And then there's times where I make everything hard. You know, like like everything has to be hard work. Everything has to be a struggle. If you're not struggling, you're not growing and all this kind of stuff. And then there's times where it's like, no, like, you know, you can work five hours a day and still be extremely successful. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're doing the absolute thing that you're passionate about, that you love and you're getting everything that you but need to get But that's just done. probably because you found a way to work a little bit smarter um, things are obviously maybe going really well at that certain moment in time. There's a thing when it comes to being an entrepreneur and, and running your own small business or large business or whatever it may be, you know, like there's constant struggles, there's constant challenges, but then there's also times where like you, you feel um, a lot of gratitude to towards the successes that you've had and, and whatnot and, uh, it's just, yeah, one of those things that it's constant up and down, you know, starting your own business is hard. It's not meant to be easy, but the thing with people who are uh, that way inclined, it's, um, they've sort of got, instead of having the motivation where they're having to, to push the uh, the boulder up the hill, they're sort of pulling it, you know? Uh, so you've got that momentum behind you at all times. Uh, and so that's why you could never see yourself going back and working a normal nine to five because that's just not who you are. You'd rather have those challenges despite how hard it is, you know, and that's when you first start out, like it's an eye opener, isn't it? And then eventually it gets to the point where, yeah, you're right. There's times where it just, it eats you. It just gets you down, you know? I think the thing for me is like, I'm actually, I mean, I actually think I'm more talking from a different perspective where it's like you yourself make it hard. The challenges aren't, indifferent Mm. yeah but it's you yourself you know there's there's times where you create the struggle you know like you make that problem the struggle whereas there's also times where you just you know you're so in love with the process that those things never feel like a burden and then the complete opposite happens do you think that maybe that's at a time when you're perhaps comparing yourself to somebody else well, that, that's kind of what I'm saying, right? Mm. It, you know, what, what is the, the, the burden of success, you know? So, because I honestly feel like there's 100% it comes from that comparison syndrome where you, you, you compare yourselves to those around you. That is something as humans we do 100%. You know, and it's, social media has just it's, made it even worse. It's built into us yeah. to do that. And that steals the joy away, you know, because you're, you do surrender yourself to the point you'll surrender your happiness to the point of where you believe there is a problem less existence you know and that's such a mirage you know mm-hmm. um that is such a mirage you know the fact that life has no problems or business has no problems and it really made me think that and even for me like i, I am i i even know within myself that i am someone who i feel like i sometimes put that mirage in front of myself because that's been my past. That's all I've known. You know, my, my most successful times have been when I push through struggle 
And then when I, I so like I almost feel bad when that struggle's not there. So I just put it there and I put that burden on myself because I'm scared to, I may be scared to flow. I'm scared to, to you know, to, to, to exist without my back against the wall. Mm-hmm. And that's probably one of my greatest struggles. You know, why do I make things hard? But that's because we've been told that that's what being an entrepreneur is like. You know, it's meant to be hard. It's meant to be a grind 24-7. But in reality, you, you, being an entrepreneur is about setting up systems and processes that it will allow your business to grow without you, you know? And so this is why a lot of the time when a business has reached ultimate success, their CEO sort of steps away, the co-founder steps away um, because they're at the point where they don't need to be there anymore and they can start to just focus on um, what the future holds rather than the day-to-day, you know? And so that's where, um, yeah, it is. It's a constant struggle, but I guess that's where you need to then focus on other things that will keep you balanced and grounded, you know, and to focus on the, the traits of being gratitude and, um, yeah. Um, but I get this, this comes down to self-actualization, doesn't it? You know, I read The Alchemist recently. And that's what all that talks about is the path to self-actualization. And it's always going to be a rocky one. um, And you'll never actually get there. You know, it's like the path to enlightenment from from Buddhist monks. Like you don't ever actually go there, but it's about the journey. And we should learn to love the journey no matter how difficult it is. But yeah, it's one of those those things, isn't it? Yeah, I think... uh I definitely, you know, I mean, I love life, right? Like that's that's something that I know is always with me, and I think that's the thing that does hold me grounded. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I love it. You know, I, I don't ever sit there, and I've, I think I love it because I've been to hell. You know, like um, you know, and and when I say that, I mean like I've struggled with mental health before, and and it was a pretty tough time in my life. So I think now I've especially like with meditation and mindfulness and you know I went on a seven day silent retreat and that was quite I you know man I you know you say you didn't you don't ever get there but I I swear um I I felt some of it that that way that week um but I think that that completely changed my perspective on things so it's never that I don't love love life I think it's more for me that I need like I almost like every time that my back's not against the wall it's like I almost I almost feel like I'm doing something wrong or I'm, I even get scared that um, I'm going to lose what mm-hmm. I've got, you know, because, and, and that's, I think... It's complacency, isn't it? Yeah, it's yeah. like I, I get scared that I'm going to lose that and I, I think that's actually completely incorrect. Yeah, like I, I don't, I, I think that's something that I actually want to start to work on. But it's something that I've noticed within myself as well. So like you develop a certain level of success but then there becomes a certain expectation on you that you're gonna like you have to continue that, you know, and then that's when you start to get in your head, uh, and you build up these anxieties because you may not be performing to the standard that you used to. You may not have the same hunger or the same drive, but and that's just an externality too. That's you thinking that people are comparing you to how you used to be or whatever the case may be. You comparing yourself to other people again. Um, and so that's where you need to get to the point where you start to, um, yeah, you focus on what it is that you've already achieved, a um, little bit of perspective, focus on um, 
Yeah, I guess. Because you, you're an interesting one for me, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you were fucking retired two years ago. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And like, so, you, you know, you could walk away right now and, and everything would, you, you know, you, would, you, you wouldn't have to work again. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So it's like... I tried that though and I realized that it wasn't for me. I needed to feel like I was progressing because as soon as I lost that, that purpose that you have in life, man, it's hard to come back from that. But that that's kind of what I'm saying, right? Like, like, you know, does it have to be hard? You know, like, like so, so part of me thinks that, you know, uh, maybe it's a personality thing. Like maybe, maybe I do need my back up against the wall to get my, the best out of myself, you know? But I also know people that don't. Mm. I also know people that still crush it and still do extremely well and they don't feel that way you know like they don't feel like they have to do anything um so it's it's interesting right and that's the i guess that's the dichotomy i'm looking at right now is like i'm like you know do like i want to see what it's like when i don't you know i want to see what it's like when i do relax like maybe i become a better business owner because i set those processes up and i'm okay with you know not not being so in it you know what i mean Well, like from my own experience, I would say that I work a lot smarter now than what I used to do. I used to work very hard. The thought of working very, very hard now, it's it's unappealing because I know what it's like to work 100-hour weeks, to get very little sleep, to have seven, eight coffees a day. And it put me in a state where I wasn't happy, mm. you know? And so I'm at the point now where I try to work as smart as I possibly can whilst still emphasizing things that I love to do, like taking care of myself um uh like physically and eating well and um having time for myself to focus on my mindfulness and all those sort of things because that allows me to be a bit a better business person allows me to make better decisions as well um so yeah like i don't really know i think everyone needs to go through that challenge in order to determine what it is that they're um they're seeking out in life because I went through that and I realized that I couldn't just retire. I needed to still be having some sort of forward progress, but it having the freedom to be able to choose what it is that I wanted to do was such a luxury, you know? Uh, and now I can really pursue the things that I want to do. Um, I still am working hard towards achieving those goals and I set myself new goals, but yeah, it's a an interesting sort of, um, yeah even like in my work i think that's the thing that i feel at the most is like you know do, you know it's uh, i it's like it's like sometimes my perception tricks me you know like in the terms of like i i i need to feel like something's hard for it to feel like i'm progressing mm-hmm. instead of just progressing um and again i think that's more of uh you know maybe so way maybe a way that i'm wired you know where where it's like oh I'll tend to make things harder than what they need to be because I need to feel that hard work Mm -hmm. instead of just getting the progress. I reckon I'm I'm exactly the same. I always, for some reason, I always take the road that is so bloody challenging. But I reckon at some point in our lives, um, we're going to have to... Like we'll we'll come to this um, sort of fork in the road where you can choose to take that hard option again or there's the the one where it's a little bit easier um i reckon we'll hit a a point at some stage where it's like yeah you know what i don't really want to put in all of that work i don't want to have that anxiety hanging over me that stress hanging over me all the time but i think i mean the biggest thing for me is it's perception right yeah like do you know what i mean like it's like 
because because there's, there's people doing more than us yeah right and that's the thing that that i question right is like and i know they're probably super performers and so on but for me it's more about the perception of something being hard you know because because like you know you said that we you know we choose to take the hard road but what is the hard road yeah but a perception of uh, our road's probably easy for somebody else yeah you know? exactly yeah. so so what, my my whole thing is like what in my mind makes me think that this is hard and and why do i perceive it this way is that me is that the way i'm wired yeah. you know do i want this to be hard because it makes me feel better about myself do i want this to be hard because it um because it you know, it, it, it brings the best out of me or do I want this to be hard because, you know, that's the way I perceive the the journey, you know, mm. that's the way I perceive where I'm going, you know, it needs to be hard. Well, it may be challenging because it's an area that we're not skilled in, perhaps, you know, and so uh, then that's that's what drives our desire to can continue learning um, because obviously we're finding something difficult and the only way to get, like, sort of get around that obstacle is to... Uh, to learn a way to obviously improve on that area so perhaps that's what it is we're just it's challenging because we haven't done it before um, and that's why they say practice makes perfect you know you, you do something over and over and over again to the point where you're professional in that regard um, and I suppose that's when things do become easier mm-hmm. success huh mm-hmm the burden of success. Yeah. And it's you're right. It, it's something that is, you're constantly pursuing it because once you achieve something, it's never enough. And so we're always wanting more. It's our human nature to mm. always be wanting more. And it's a very selfish trait. I think the, the, the biggest thing for me I'm, uh, for this year is, is can I, can I do it without feeling that need for it to be hard? You know, can I, can I do what's necessary to get the success, to get the progress without trying to get into this headspace where I'm grinding myself to the absolute bone. Do you know what I mean? Because I feel like I do that. I feel like I bring that on myself. I don't feel like the things I tackle are challenging, yes, but I feel like my own perception and my own mind triggers me to be like that, mm. to triggers me to, to, to fall into that place because that's what's gotten me to where I am. I don't, I, again, I think it's an experience thing. It's an age thing. I reckon that could potentially go away once you are a certain age, once you've got certain responsibilities. Um, I reckon you get to the point where you just prefer to to do the easy option, you know? Yeah. I don't know, man. I, I still question what is easy and what is hard. Mm. Yeah? Like, because cause I just, I, again, it's a perception for me. Mm. Like, that's the whole thing. I'm, 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 I, I think the thing is with myself, right? It's like, I, what honestly man like you know i can think back through my 20s my early 20s i'm still in my 20s my early 20s though right when i was like from probably 21 to 24 and my back was fucking up against the wall mm-hmm. you know like i'm talking like long ass days you know just just like no money you know at points um and, and like you know living living out of home and and just just grinding through the days and like a part of me goes now is like, you know, I, I'm so grateful. You know, as I said before, like, you know, that for me, I look back to that and I go, that was hell, you mm-hmm. know, for me at, at times. And then I look down and I go like, I'm cruising. Mm-hmm. But part of me also thinks, do I, do I, do I try to bring that feeling back or do I, you know, do I revert to that? 
because I feel like that is what brings me that next success, you know, and I feel like that's not the truth, you know, in my head, I know that, but it's an automatic system in me. It's but my you, nervous you, system. I you don't know? think you could get back to that because you're now at a point where you've developed. But it's like trauma, right? Yeah, yeah that's kind of what I'm saying. It's mm. like, you know, someone who goes to war, you know, they're still experiencing the, the traumatic experiences 10 years down the track yeah. because it's it's built into their automatic nervous system, mm-hmm. autonomic nervous system, sorry. And I feel like that that's not just something that happens at war you know this is this is that's how an uh, autonomic nervous system works it it's there to protect us and that's what i'm saying i feel like you know one of the biggest challenges for me moving forward is can i can i overcome that you know can i can i can i achieve success and progress without reverting back to that that dog that that back against the wall that feeling that i need to be stro- i need to be in struggle because you don't need to be in struggle to achieve success, you know, and I feel like a lot of the time I can bring that on myself, you know, and, and sometimes it gets the absolute best out of me, um, but but sometimes it also makes me not the person that I want to be for the people around me, mm-hmm. yeah, for, and, and that's what's changing in my life, mm. that, that there's, you know, I've got a, you know, I've got a dog now, uh, and that's This is what silly. I was getting at, like your responsibilities are changing, you know, mm. Uh, so you're at a point where you you can't be that person anymore because it's going to upset other people who are close to you. So you, you can't have that mentality because it's a very selfish one, you know, and that's just going to get you into trouble and it's going to lead you to a path where you're not happy, you know. That's been one of my biggest realizations is, you know, I pride myself on being a great person, but mm-hmm. I also feel like, you know, I, I went to um on my, my silent retreat, um, there was a time where I think it was about day four. So I hadn't talked for a while and <laughs> I've been meditating three or four times a day. And, you know, they've they got these labyrinth meditations that you do and you're walking a labyrinth. So you're going from left side of the brain to right side of the brain in this circle. And you're meant to get absolute clarity and you've got to pick a rock before you go do that. And the rock has a word on it. And that is meant to gain clarity on it. And I remember picking up the word patience um, and I put it down and then I went to pick another rock and it was patience. Mm -hmm. And I was like, hey, that's the one. And then, you know, through this meditation, just through having absolute clarity, you know, my mind was so clear and and things were coming to me, words. Um, But the words that kept coming to me was the key to constant joy is unconditional patience. Um, to the point where I was crying because I had all these realizations about, you know, the fact that I was so selfish and didn't have that patience meant that there was times where I wouldn't see my grandma Mm -hmm. for a long time. I wouldn't see my family, you know, I I wouldn't text my mum and, you know, to be fair, like it still happens now, you know, and Mm -hmm. and it's that selfishness And, and I think the fact that what I'm starting to realize, even with just having a dog with me 24-7, is how sometimes, how selfish I can be. Mm-hmm. And that's, I think, what that mindset of struggle puts me in. It puts me into this this place where I just block off everyone and I get into this zone where I get a lot of shit done. But I also block off everybody and I'm not the person to the people around me that I want to be. Mm-hmm. You know, to my partner, to my, my family, to my, you know, my dad, my mum, my grandma my cousin, you know, um, and, and I think that's something that I really want to change and I really want to work on this year. So 
And I think it's, you know, for me, it is that burden of success that everybody feels. It's the perception that I need to be a certain way or I, I revert into where my autonomic nervous system takes me because that's what's gotten me through periods or helped me achieve things. Um, so, you know, maybe maybe it's one of my goals this year to, to try and change that. You'd, it will ultimately revolves around your self-awareness, isn't it? You know, and when you are in those moments where you're meditating and you're focusing on your mindset, you need to probably set an expectation of that time, you know, to sort of say that, okay, this period, like this 20 minutes that I'm going to spend to focus on my mind, I'm going to set the expectation that I'm going to focus and prioritize the things that uh, matter to me. And those things are your family and the people who are closest to you, you know. So that's probably what you need to start to do. A good challenge for yourself. But it's one of those things. We get busy. We get caught up in our head. We get caught up in the grind. Um, and so if you can sort of put a habit around doing that constantly, that's when you'll start to, to um, have that self-awareness where you'll be able to make that change. For sure. Mm. Cat sessions. That was a good one. Started with vaccines, ended up with me almost crying. <laughs> Um, awesome. So there's a part in, in this where we cut, um, Noah, my new puppy peed on the couch. So we had to fix that up. Um, but thanks for listening guys. Um, if there's anything you want us to talk about, make sure you reach out. Um, couch sessions is absolutely anything goes investors podcast is pumping at the moment. So we've got some really cool episodes coming up with that. Um, so if there's anything with the investors podcast, you want us to talk about, make sure you let us know. Um, you know, we're, we're really looking to build out a channel where you can come and listen to con- life-changing conversations um, that you may not have access to. Um, so, you know, it's all going to be around business, wealth, and character. Um, so, obviously, all your support is so appreciated. Um, you know, um, all the um, support on social media, the support on the YouTube channel, on the podcast. Um, you know, we, we really appreciate it for all the shares. So, you know, keep sharing. Make sure you subscribe um, if you're enjoying the podcast. and Um, that means that we can keep doing this, um, which is crazy to think about that this is a part of work. So it's great. Thanks for listening, guys, and we'll see you next week.